All right, good evening, everyone. Hopefully, everyone is having a blessed evening as we are. As always, we like to say, praise the Lord. Thank the Lord for another day in the land of the living and another chance to get our acts together. Hopefully, I hope everybody is doing well today and everybody is having a great day. And as always, we just like to say thank you guys for tuning in with us and listening to our messages coming straight from the Bible. And if it's straight from the Bible, then it's straight from God. So, without any further ado, well, we'll be talking about the body of Christ on this evening. And we're going to go to a uh, scripture that should be um, pretty well known to a lot of people. Um, we're going to be talking about the uh, great apostle Paul. And like Jesus, he talked about, he gave us parables. Um, he described physical things to help us understand phys um, spiritual things. So that's what Paul did, and he's talking about the body of Christ. Uh, we are all baptized into one body, which we'll which we will cover and just like our physical bodies we each role each no matter how big or small each part plays a very important role and he says because the foot is not of the hand is it not of the body see we as humans we tend to look at people's roles as being bigger than the other when we're all just as important no matter how big or how small so we're going to get into that and many other things in tonight's message and we hope it reaches you in one way or another and helps you on your spiritual journey to getting closer to god so without any further ado we're gonna i'm gonna pass it over to minister tony banks so we can go ahead and get started with this evening's message good afternoon uh or good evening <laughs> as we like to do always um we like to start by saying a prayer uh so if you guys are at a place uh where you can and will bow your heads with us heavenly father we like to thank you first and foremost lord for being so gracious, so merciful, so kind to us, so long-suffering. Lord, you've been so great to us, and we could never say thank you enough. So, Lord, we come to you as humbly as we can to start by saying thank you before we ever ask anything of you. And so, Lord, we're also praying for uh, the sick, the shut-in, so many people going through hard times right now, whether it be uh, affected by tornadoes, uh, hurricanes, it doesn't matter, rain, sleet, snow, uh, extreme temperatures, it doesn't matter what it is, Lord. We're praying that we would all continue to remember that there is joy in the midst of every storm, that there is a light at the end of the tunnel, that you've already promised that you would continue to stay with us. You never leave nor forsake us. And Lord, we're praying that we will continue to remember these things when times get tough because we know it's easy as long as times are fine, times are, uh, everything is calm, everything is a breeze. We know that it's easy to remember you in those times, but Lord, we're, we're praying that we will remember that you have our backs when things get tough for us. And so, Lord, we're praying for this uh, Bible study tonight that you would lead, that you would guide, that you would uh, allow your word to go forth and that someone's life would be changed from these words. Lord, we're praying these many blessings in your name, Jesus. We're praying, amen. Amen. Um, as Melvin already said, we like to say praise the Lord to everyone out there. Uh, and we hope that you enjoy the content that will be uh, brought to you uh, this evening. And Melvin already introduced it. We're talking about the body of Christ. Uh, and this, this was on my mind because... I have been talking with someone and they were uh, oftentimes <laughs> things that God wants us to do, we have an issue with it. We look at what the next person is doing and we say, well, I want the job that they have. 
because the job that they have, it just seems more prestigious. It seems uh, that people respect that job more. And we know that to be true in the world that we live in. And we're not even just talking about the church in this instance. We're talking about even just the world. We look around and people, we pay homage, we reverence, we, we respect uh, doctors, lawyers, uh, uh, people who deal with money, accountants. We look at high-paying jobs and we find respect for those people, astronauts, people that we say, wow, it takes somebody smart to do that. We, we look at those jobs and we, we look up to these people that fulfill these roles. But for those that do jobs, they say, oh, anybody can do that. <laughs> for those jobs, they may just clean. Somebody may, may just clean. They may pick up trash. They may wash cars. They may wash uh, windows. They may, whatever it is that we look at and we deem as uh, an easy task. Because we say anybody can do that, yet we don't do it. Although we say anybody can do it. But for those jobs, somebody has to do them. And so we're going to look at uh, a few scriptures tonight just so we can see just how much God appreciates all of us. And that includes those people that do uh, jobs that we feel aren't that important. I mean, because especially with the time that we've been in, so many jobs have shut down uh, and the world classifies certain jobs as essential. And we looked at a lot of those jobs as blue collar jobs, jobs that we say anybody can do that. And so a lot of people look down. I've seen so many posts talking about how uh, the people who drive trucks or, uh, or who work in fast food restaurants, how they should be respected for what they do. And they're right. They should be. Uh, but if we had the love and compassion that God has, we would already have been respecting these people. Because that's the type of love that God is calling for. So we're going to look at some things tonight. We're going to start in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. All right. For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For as the body is one. Now, Paul here, to get the message across, he's going to bring in the natural body as well as the spiritual body. Because when we refer to the body of Christ, we're talking about a spiritual body. One that is made up of you and I. All of us that are uh, born again, believers in the Lord Jesus. We all make up the spiritual body of Christ. And it's only one body. Uh, in the book of Ephesians, it tells us there's one body. It tells us there's one Lord. But so, we're going to talk about the natural body as well. So he says, For as the body is one and have many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body. Now, we know today 
we know what a body looks like. We've seen many bodies, male and female. We've seen them. We know it's comprised of so many different members. A head, neck, you have arms, shoulders. We have so many parts. Fingers, uh, nails. We have all these different members. So, if we keep on, we'll see what Paul is getting at here. Alright? For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. By one spirit we were all baptized into one body. This is talking about the body of Christ now. We're talking about the spiritual body. We were all born again and we became a part of the body of Christ. Though it's a lot of us. It's more than one of us. Alright? Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. Mm -hmm. For the body is not one member, but many. Now, we're going to talk about the natural body here. The body is not one member, it's many. It is not one body part, it's many body parts. Alright? If the foot shall say, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? Now, this is the problem that God's people have. Somebody looks down on us for the role that we have. And so we get upset and we want to be a different we want to be a different member. Because not all of us were called by God to be a doctor. We weren't all called to do that. And so somebody gets upset because they feel they're not important. So Paul here is going to use the physical body. He says, if the foot shall say, because I am not the hand. Now we know a foot can't talk. We know that. But he's showing us how we get upset because we're not something someone else is. We don't perform the same role. See, the foot and the hand, they have two different roles. But both are equally valuable. And if you tell me it's not, then I say, go ahead and cut your foot off then. Get rid of it. If you say it's not as valuable as your hand, or if you say your hand is not as valuable, get rid of it. And you will find out you're going to miss it. <laughs> because it's necessary. So, this also applies to the spiritual body of Christ. To every person that makes up the body of Christ, whether you be a person that just cleans up, whether you be the person that just stands at the door, uh, you at the business that the church operates, if you just stand at the door, if you just greet people. They, they, we see it uh, at Walmart. Someone stands at the door and they just greet people. And so God says, that person that stands there greeting people, they are no more important than the owner of the establishment. But as people, we look at the owner, when you see the owner, <laughs> see, I've seen this happen a lot of times, too many times to be exact. I've seen it happen too many times when someone has status, when someone has money, are people falling over <laughs> trying to say hey to them. People running out the way trying to get their attention, trying to tell them a funny joke, trying to make them laugh, 
trying to do all types of things to please them. I've seen it. But the person that we feel they're poor, what they do, it ain't that important. We'll walk past them. <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't even see that person, what they look like. We don't even recognize that person. But this, that's not of God. And so that's the issue that happens in the world. But Paul is trying to set it straight. It shouldn't happen like that in the body of Christ. In God's house, in God's church, among God's people. It shouldn't be that way. We should have the same love for everybody. It does not matter what role they fulfill. We're all one in God's eyes. Money, money has nothing to do with how God feels about us. He doesn't deem me more important than the next person because I have more money or vice versa. So, Paul says, the foot does not say, look, if the, the foot cannot say, look, I'm not the hand, so I'm not a part of the body. Because of your role that you serve, you can't say, I'm not a part of God's people because I don't do what so-and-so does. I can't sing like so-and-so, so <laughs> I'm not important. I'm not a part of this. I'm not a part of what God has because I can't do what the next person does. It may not be your role. We all have different roles, but we get caught looking at someone else's role and we want to start doing what they do. And if we can't, we don't feel valuable. All right. And if the ears shall say, because I am not the eye, I am not of the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Mm -hmm. If the whole body were an eye, where were the hearing? Now, this is Paul's response to those of us who are not satisfied with the roles that God give us. He said, if the ear, excuse me, if the whole body was an eye, then how could you hear? We can't all do the same thing. Imagine if the world was filled of people that looked exactly the same. Literally, we all looked exactly the same. What kind of world would that be? We were all five foot blue eyes. Imagine a world like that. We were all male, five foot blue eyes. What kind of world would that be? What would the body of Christ be like if we all fulfill the same role? What would the entire world be like if we all did the exact same job? What about the rest of the jobs that are being left undone? It won't work. And so Paul is trying to clear that up because a lot of times somebody gets in our head and makes us feel less important than we actually are. That's what the enemy does. We allow people to belittle us. We allow people to destroy us and tear us down and make us feel irrelevant. But that's not so in God's eyes because we're all equal. Now, we're not equal in uh, roles, but we are equal when it comes to humanity. 
And I hope we understand that we all are designed for different things. We are. That's how God created us. We can look at nature itself and see God designed a woman to have a child. He didn't give me that. Now, we can go to the doctor and do all sorts of stuff, but that's not what God designed me to do. So we see God designed us for certain things, and we're going to find out later he did it as it pleases him, not as it pleases Tony. He designed us as it pleased him. So we must learn to be accepting. We must learn to love the role that God chose for us and perform it well because somebody has to do it. Somebody has to do those things that are looked down upon. Somebody has to do it. So Paul says, if the whole body was an eye, then how could you hear? That means both are equally important. And that goes for us too. We're all equally important in God's eye. Alright. If the whole weren't hearing, where would the smell it? If the whole body was an ear, how could you ever smell anything? You would lose your senses. One of your five senses, people say. Alright. But now have God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it hath pleased him. This is what God did as it pleased him. Not to please Tony. He didn't come up with this to please Tony. He did it to please him. He's the creator. And so he gave Tony a role that he didn't give to someone else. He gave someone else a role he didn't give to Tony. I can't look at the next person and say, my God, look at Man, I just like that position they got. I want that. And so we run over that person. <laughs> To take what it is that God put them in the position to do. Because people look up to them. We say, man, I, I like the way they follow that person. Man, look at the car they got. Just, just look at everything that they have. I want to get like that. And we want to take what they have. But that doesn't mean God get, wanted us to be that way. So... This is the issue Paul had within the church here. There was a division. And we'll go back to um, earlier in Corinthians and see that. There was a division there. Because everybody's looking at the next person's job. And never actually doing our own job. And if a job is left undone, then we're not running smoothly. All right. And if they were all one member, where were the body? Where is the body? Where is the body of Christ, the spiritual body of Christ, if each and every one of us does not do our role? Where is the body of Christ? Where is it? Things are going undone. All right. But now are they many members yet but one body? Mm -hmm. And the eye cannot say unto the hand, I have no need of thee. Nor again, the heads to the feet, I have no need of you. And that's what we cannot do to one another. We can't say, I don't even need you. You ain't nothing. We, that's what we cannot do to each other. 
those of us in the spiritual body of Christ. Those of us that make up the church because the church is the people. Those of us that make up the church, we can't do that to each other. That's something that the world says to each other. We say, you ain't nothing and you ain't never going to be nothing. That's what the world does. That's what the unsaved does. But once we have been baptized over into the body of Christ, we have to let that go. We have to become a new creature. That's why we had the birth so we can grow up and become a new creature in Christ. That we can have a renewing of our mind. We have to have a change of mind. Uh, in one place, uh, it talks about being converted. We have to change. We have to have a new way of thinking. Because we no longer can look at somebody else's role and say, they're meaningless. What they do, oh, anybody can do that. Well then, friend, why not do it? If you claim anybody can do it, why do you never do it? There lies the issue. So they have to do it because you won't. God gave, God gives us all roles. And so if somebody is not the nurse or the doctor, that doesn't make them a lesser, uh, not as important in God's eye. He says we're all important. All right. Nay, much more those members of the body which seem to be more feeble are necessary. You're necessary. This is the point he's trying to get us to see. You mean something. These are encouraging words. These are uplifting words. God wants to uplift you. Because so many people have tried to break you down. And tell you the role that you fulfill is nothing. But God said... You are necessary. Those parts that seem more feeble, that seem more weak, that seem more low, the part, the 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 roles that we fulfill that somebody looks down on. He said, "You are necessary. It's necessary. Somebody has to do it." And so God chose you to be the one. All right. And those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. <laughs> so, he says, the members of the body. Now, again, we're talking about the natural and the spiritual body. So, here he says, and, the, and those members of the body, which we think to be less honorable, Upon these, we bestow more abundant honor. We have to put more honor on those things that are deemed less honorable. Now, if, you, if you've ever, uh, well, put it this way. After you take a bath, a shower, whatever you take, after you do this, one of the first things you do when you're of age that is you put on deodorant some type of uh, chemical some type of agent underneath your arm now that is a place we have to bestow 
more honorable. Because if you don't, <laughs> everybody's going to let you know you need to. <laughs> but that's a place we look at as less honorable. We look at that as less honorable. But we have to put more honor upon it. Because underneath your arm gets a little bit more attention than just the bath that you took. It has to have some more attention done to it. And that's how we should be in the body of Christ. For those, those of us who have uh, jobs that we feel, it ain't that honorable. We should be putting more honor upon those people, upon their jobs. And say, man, we, we couldn't make it without you doing what you do. Even if all you do is stand there and say, hey, how's it going? If that's all you do, we thank you for that. You played a valuable piece to this because there are some people out there that are looking for somebody to acknowledge them. There are people out there like that. They're wanting someone to talk to them because that, hey, how you doing? So, for some people, they'll start a 20-minute conversation because they've been waiting on somebody all day to tell them, what things are going on in their life because people have been ignoring them all day. These are things that actually happen. And so God wants his people to recognize we're all important. We None of us should feel uh, neglected. None of us should feel uh, belittled for whatever it is that God has called us to do. Now, I'm not talking about things that God didn't call us to do. We're talking about the things that God did call us for. We're all important in God's eyes. And he gave us these jobs as it pleased him for the uplifting of the kingdom of God to make sure that things are run smoothly. All right. For our comely parts have no need but God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. Mm -hmm. That there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And this is why God has done things the way he's done them. So that there's no division among us. But we allow someone to divide us. Because we get to looking at what the next person does. And we start getting puffed up. We start getting high-minded. We start uh, being conceited in our own thoughts. And feel, oh, I'm better than them. <laughs> oh, yeah. Look, man, look at what they do. What what you do for a living? We love to ask these type of questions. And in our mind, we start thinking, oh, yeah, I'm definitely better. I'm smarter than My IQ is higher. I'm, yeah, my IQ is higher. We start looking at all of these things. And what that does is remove the care for everyone. Because we'll care for those in a high position. I think we talked about this before, Melvin. We talked about how the rich, people give to the rich. Yeah. They'll give to the rich. But the poor... Somebody, we say, man, they're in poverty. Look at what they, look at where they live at. 
Look at how they live. Look at the clothes they got on. I ain't gonna help them out. But someone that is rich will find some care for them. And they don't even need all of that. They don't need the things that we're even giving them. At all. They don't need it. But those that are poor, those who don't have much, we don't have that same care for them. When we see them, we walk right past them. They're invisible to us. We don't even notice they're there. Because we know that they can't give us anything in return. Can't Nine times out of ten. Can't do anything. I worked I worked for uh, Ole Miss football for two years. And I'm not going to call people's names. I'm not doing any of that. But there were so many people. Now, I worked there for two years directly around some pretty high-named people. And they never even knew my name. Now, that doesn't bother me, but I'm showing how the care works when... I'm showing how uh, respect a person works. So, me, I never even had a conversation with a lot of people. And I've been literally standing next to them for two years. Never even had a conversation. Because they didn't have time to. But I watched how high profile athletes, I watched how as they seen them from a mile away, they're spotting them. Oh, man, y'all see? Hey, what's up, man? I mean, they, they have all the conversation in the world. They got all the time in the world when they see certain people. But as they see you, they ain't even recognize you there. I recall... Uh, one instance where one of the coaches, now again, I worked with these people for two two straight years, side by side. One of the coaches gave us money for one of the Christmases. They had to come around and he asked what our names was to write on the card. Now, I stood beside this man for two straight years. And this was the first time that he even wanted to know our names just to give us some money. But to me, the money was not that important to me. It wasn't because that was just some extra money that they had received in the first place. I'm not even trying to get into all that. But what was more important to me was there should be some human decency. There should be some care for one another. The least you could do is say, hey, how's it doing? What's your name? <laughs> Even if you don't care nothing about a person. The least you can do is acknowledge them. And so God doesn't want us to be that way within the church. He doesn't want us to have respect of person, to have a division, to care about one person. But the next person, because they're not in the same role, you don't care about them. See, I wasn't an athlete. So since I wasn't an athlete, they didn't have that same care for me. But once we step over into God, once we step over into the church, to the true body of Christ, the true spiritual body of Christ, we have to care about one another. We have to not look at one person as higher than the next person. All right? Where was I? Uh, 26. Uh, 26. And whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. 
or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. And all that believed were together and had all things common. When one suffered, we should all be suffering. When one is sad, we should all feel sadness with them. When one is joyous, when they're happy about something, we should all be happy. But this is when we become one. This is this this takes us to become one. He said there shouldn't be any division. There shouldn't be any division because <laughs> if you smash your finger, say your finger gets slammed in a door and it's turning black, it's bleeding, your finger is going to let the rest of your body know I'm hurting. <laughs> <laughs> your finger's gonna let the rest of your body know man y'all need to do something we gotta cut off some blood circulation to these other parts and get it over here quick every part of you is affected that's how God wants us to be we all have to be affected we should all be together this is the true body of Christ this is when we don't have divisions this is when there is no schism. This is the church. This is the true body of Christ. But Paul has found an issue. He had to make this statement. Let's go back to chapter 3. Paul had to make this statement. Trying to elevate the Corinth church's mind. And that's what I'm trying to do today. To elevate someone's mind so that we would understand we have to lay aside these things. But this is the issue that Paul has. So now, let's read, uh, let's start at verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. This is the reason he had to break things down in this manner. This is the reason he had to use the I. To use the ear. We know the ear can't talk. But we can. Each member of Christ can. Each person in the spiritual body of Christ can. He had to use these things. Because he said. We're not in the spiritual realm. We don't think spiritually. Everything that happens. We use the carnal mind. We look at how it physically appears. So he says. I had to talk to you as carnal, babes in Christ, newborns. You hadn't learned that much, all right? I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. The things that God really wants us to know, there's a lot of things we're not even ready for. So he has to work us into it, continually feed us with milk. Now we know meat is much tougher than milk. Babies, when they're born, we know we feed them milk until they're able to have a tougher substance. We start giving them bread. We start giving them so many things, soft food. We start giving them so many things until they're finally able to eat tough things, meat. All right? For ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal? And walk as men. This is the issue that God has with us. There's divisions among us. We think carnal mindedly. 
we think we're better than someone. And so there becomes a division. All the cool kids, we have to sit over here. I was talking to someone the other day, and he told me he had been uh, doing some work with this with this guy that a lot of people feel is weird. I've had a guy tell me to my face, he said, man, yeah, that, that dude's weird. He's a weird guy. And I remember the guy told me, he said he was with this guy that people say is weird. And he said someone else came up to him. He said, man, I'm sorry you had to spend the afternoon with him. You could have been over here with us. And statements like this, it shows you that there is a division. Because people feel that they're better than someone else. They feel there's something wrong with that person. I don't want to be associated with them. And it's not because they're a bad person. Because we all have flaws. But when someone is weak, God is expecting us to help them, to try to encourage them, to try to uh, lift that person up. Because people have struggles. I mean, we see people struggle with drugs. And we just look at them as, they're, as if they're nothing. Instead of us trying to reach out and say, hey, we should think about getting you some kind of help. We, we should try to get you off of these things that are ruining your life. We say, oh, no, nah, that's just a bomb there. And so we feel that we're so much better than someone. But we have to reach out to people. We have to be willing to help because that's what Jesus died for. He died for those people because some of those people are going to change their life around. That's what he wanted. He wanted somebody to make a change. I know I did. And so we have to remember those people, though not in the condition that they're in, God can take that person and use them in his body. Use them in the spiritual body of Christ. God can take a drug addict and completely change their life. He can take that person. The person that you said, oh, they were, they're weird. God can take that person and use them. But we're continuing to think carnal-mindedly. We look at things from the natural standpoint. We say that person will never be nothing. They never will. But we don't recognize just how powerful God is. And so Paul says, read verse 3 for us again, Neville. For ye are yet carnal, for as there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are ye not carnal and walk as men? This is what was happening in the church. People found a way to divide themselves. Somebody in there said, I'm sorry you have to hang out with that person over there. You could have been with us. You could have been at the, the pool house with us. You could have been at the lake with us. The cool people. The people that ain't strange. And this is the issue God has with the church. This is the issue that Paul found going on with the Corinth church, but it's still going on today. 
there's still divisions in the body of Christ. Those of us who claim that we're saved, there's still divisions there. There's still envy. There's still hatred for one another. There's still these same things. There's still respect of person. I want to move to one other place. Uh, it's in the book of James, chapter 2. And we'll look at verse 1 here. Because this is something that we have when we look at different positions. Different uh, socioeconomic statuses. Looking at somebody's status. Looking at somebody's wealth. To determine how important they are. So James talks about these things in uh, chapter 2. And we'll start at verse 1 here. My brethren, have not faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect to persons. Now, if we say we have faith in Jesus, we believe in him. We love to say that. If we have this faith, then we cannot have respect of persons. We cannot feel that someone is higher than the next. Now, I know we have different roles. That is true. So, I may be underneath someone else within a role. But when it comes to us being people, there is no difference between me or the next person. There is no difference in God's eyes. Alright. For if there come unto you your assembly a man with a gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man in vile raiment, Mm -hmm. And ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, Sit thou here in a good place, and say to the poor, Stand thou there, and sit there under my footstool. <laughs> Are ye not then parceling yourselves? This is what we do. And are become judges of evil thoughts? This is what happens within the body of Christ. We know what happens in the world. The world does this all the time. But... It's creeped into the body of Christ because we have not yet been changed from our old ways. So, James gives us this scenario here. And he says, you're in the assembly. You have come into the church. And there comes somebody in there with status. They dress nice. You can tell. You, you can look at that person and tell they have money. You say, hey, how you doing? You run up to them, shake their hand. C come on up here. We got a spot for you in the front. We got a good spot for you. We don't want you to miss anything. But then someone else comes in, poor. They look rough. You you sit them in the back. <laughs> you, you, you got a nice spot back here. That's what, that's what happens within the body of Christ. We look at people. And automatically, we have a certain level of respect for them. All right? Read, read verse, uh, what was that? Four. Verse 4 again. Are you not then parceling yourselves and are become judges of evil thoughts? This is an evil thing that we're doing. He told us in another place, uh, I think it was Paul, he said, don't do anything with partiality. Don't have respect of persons. Don't do anything like that. Alright. Hearken, my beloved brethren, hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? 
Mm-hmm. But ye have despised the poor. Do not rich men oppress you and draw you before the judgment seats? We can't be this way. We have to treat everyone equal. Because that same poor person that came in the church, God can take that person, though they may have looked bad in this moment, God can take that person, clean them up, and use them as a very valuable asset to his kingdom. And that's what he wants to do. Because it tells us he's chosen the poor in this world because those are the people that's going to listen. Those that have all the money in the world, they're they, they not going to hear anything. They're just going to keep giving money and expect that to get them into heaven. But rich people, I've seen it happen too often. They make their own rules. If it's something they don't want to do, they just throw some money at the situation and they don't do it. And so, at the end of the day, we must respect everyone equally. That, that's, the, that's love, having the same care one for another. That's what love is. Paul talked about it in, I think it's the uh, 13th chapter of Corinthians. He said, look, though I can have all of these different gifts, though I can have all of these different abilities, if I don't have love, if I don't have charity, I don't have anything. I'm nothing but a tinkling cymbal and a sounding brass. I'm just making noise. If we don't have this love, then we're nothing. The people that we're claiming, oh, they're stupid. They're nothing. They don't mean anything. God said, no, we're nothing because we don't have the love that we should have. God is love. And how can we say we love God when we don't love the people we see around us every day, our brothers and sisters? How can we say we love God if we don't do these things? And so this is all to help us to treat each other the way that they should be treated. Despite what it is that they do for a living, despite what role it is that they fulfill in the church. It's important. If they're just cutting the grass at the church, it's important. If they're cutting the grass at the businesses, if they're cutting the grass at the homes, it's important. If all they do is weed eat, it's important. If all they do is put down rat poison, it's important. <laughs> Somebody has to do this. If all they do is fix the electrical problem, they change our light bulbs, it's important. Because we get to the place we say, I don't even want to change the bulb. It's so many things that needs to be done in God's kingdom. So we must not look down upon those that do them. And so that's all I wanted to cover tonight. Got out, or we hadn't got out, but I finished a little early than I normally do. Uh, but I, I just... I see it so often, God's people, those that call on his name, those that cling to the name of Christ, we don't show that same love. We, we, we are high-minded. We're not humble. And we look at someone else 
and never once think about how evil our heart is. So I'm going to turn it back over to Melvin at this time. I don't have any other other things to uh, discuss. Well, all right, as always, I don't have um, much to say. And just wanted to say that I hope you guys enjoyed the message on this evening. But um, as um, Tony was giving the message, a lot of things began to run through my mind. And I know in one place it said that we should lend and not look for anything in return. And I remember one time we talked about this a while ago. I don't remember the title of the message, but we um, we started off by saying rich people get so many things for free. They don't even need it because of the amount of money that they have in the bank. And I reminded of a story about um, LeBron James. How he said he, he's very cheap and that um, he makes sure that he doesn't use internet unless he's connected to Wi-Fi. And he was still using the pen. Kawhi. No, I'm talking LeBron. about LeBron. LeBron. Yeah. And but even and Kawhi too. Very um, you know, scarce, cheap with his money. But this story I read a long time ago about LeBron, who um he was still he was in the Pandora with ads because he didn't want to pay, I believe it's like five or six dollars a month for the Pandora one or whatever it's called. And so um somebody had tweeted that and Pandora um, hooked them up with a free, with a free premium Pandora, <laughs> Pandora One, Be, and why? Because they're looking for things in return. Because let's say a homeless person or a person who just has a phone and they have Pandora with the ads. Do you think Pandora will give them a free account? <laughs> no, because what can the homeless person do for them? So it's just it's so many instances of that will go up. And beyond break our backs, break our banks or, or anything for a person with status because of what they can do, turn around and do for us. Maybe it's just we want our 15 minutes of fame so that we can feel higher than the other people. I know whenever we see somebody of high high status, uh, we want to take a picture with them, post it online, saying, hey, guys, look who I was with. Look who I was with. Man, I met this person. And it makes us look good. It makes us feel good. And that's yeah, this social media is just a whole a problem. It's just um, a competition. Now, I'm not saying everybody is like that on social media, but it's definitely a competition of who living the best, who has the biggest house, who's making the most money. And they'll post and say, oh, my gosh, I'm doing all of these great things and then be miserable. But they have to make their status look good because we want to feel like we're bigger and better than the other person. I remember um, another video um, I watched a long time ago about a man who did a, a survey or a study where he would get on public transportation and forget. And act, well, he would not have his wallet. He would say he would forgot it. He forgot his wallet at home. Could he still get a ride? He didn't have to go that far. And I think he did it ten times. And he was in a nice suit, nice tie, and everything. And I believe all 10 times the bus driver, now I wasn't the same bus driver, but all 10 times the bus driver let him go because he looked nice. He looked like he had a, a good high paying job, but he did it again. This time he had on a dirty t-shirt with holes in it, probably missing a shoe or something. I don't think, um, and I could be wrong, but I don't think any times the bus driver let the man go. Because he had forgotten his wallet, because of how he looked, and because of his status, he might he might have been homeless or something. 
And we definitely can't have that. That's exactly what God doesn't want us to do. We put people who look nice, who are in a good position or what seems like to be a good position over the people that are not. Well, that we don't think are in good positions. Like Tony was saying earlier, we, we've all been to Walmart and we've all seen the greeters. And that's why it's always good to be nice to people. You never know what kind of day a person may be going through. Like Tony was saying earlier that, hey, how you doing? How's your day going? That could definitely make somebody's day. You have no idea what that person is experiencing at home. That person may not even have to get anything for Walmart, but just have gone to Walmart just to get away from home and just by the greeter greeting them asking them how their day was that probably could have stopped them from committing suicide or something just so let them know hey somebody cares somebody wants to know what's going on in my life and somebody actually wants to talk to me and have a conversation with me so that's why it's always good the greeters there are just as important as the CEO the higher ups and I'm reminded of a of another video because even though you're always being nice to somebody people are not always going to be nice to you but vengeance is not up to us I know a lot of people will say if somebody say something wrong to me I'm gonna knock them out and I know because I used to be one of these people but I thank God for his grace and mercy for him and turning my life around doing a whole 180 degree degree turn but I know people are still, they um they have to get people back, no matter how big or how small, and especially if it's a group of people around them. When they say, man, you going to let that person talk to you like that? Man, let that would have been me. Let that would have been me. But again, I'm reminded of a video that I watched a long time ago, and it was this taxi driver. And he was driving around his his passenger, and the taxi driver almost hit somebody's car when he was parking to drop his passenger off. And the guy that car that he almost hit, he, he got out of his car and started yelling at the taxi driver, saying, come on, you idiot, you almost hit my car. What in the world is wrong with you? And the taxi driver just smiled and waved. <laughs> and the passenger, of course, was confused. He was like, man, what are you doing? Do you see how this guy is talking to you? What are you doing? And the taxi driver yeah. just, just kept his calm. And he said, you know, some people, they, they have a rough day, and they'll talk to you any kind of way. But I have to, I know that I have to keep my calm because in the scripture it says, bless those that curse you, love those, and pray for those who do evil to you or do wrong to you. Because had, had the taxi driver could have gone back and forth, it could have gotten into a big argument, and it could have escalated to somebody even getting killed. But because the taxi driver was nice about it, it may even make the um, the other person feel remorse and apologize. Or even if he doesn't apologize, that would be the highest that that situation would have escalated because the taxi driver kept his calm and just smiled and waved and told him to have a nice day. Now, I know that's hard for a lot of people out there because it used to be hard for me. But just like how God has entered into my life because I let him in and I let him turn me around from the evil ways and the evil thoughts and my wantingness to get back at people for them doing me wrong. Because where I grew up and, and even anywhere, just anywhere, people just mistreating people and a lot of times for no reason just to get a good laugh. Now, they may make fun of somebody for anything and get a good laugh, and they even, even make their friends laugh at the cool table. 
I know we remember those from junior high and high school, the cool people table, and then you got the nerdy table. So they may make some fun of somebody, and they may make their friends laugh for a moment, but they don't stop to think about how that has affected the person that they made fun of. What are they what are they going through? How are they feeling? They could have been they made fun of the person for having holes in their shoes. But little do they know that person's mom may have had cancer and they used money for her cancer treatment so they can't afford nice shoes. But they want to make fun of that person just to get a good laugh about it. And that's definitely not what God wants us to do. So um, I'm going to leave it there, and I hope you guys got something out of this message. We all have different roles, but we're all just as important as the other person, and we should all treat everybody with respect, the utmost respect. So again, I see we don't have any other comments. We have one from the beginning of the live stream. Cynthia says, praise the Lord. And as praise always, we like to say praise the Lord. And again, thank you guys for tuning in week in and week out with us as we strive to spread the true word of God because it's not being spread enough. So again, thank you. Thank you so much for being interested in what we have to say because you're definitely in the minority. And again, and I'm going to end it there. So as always, rejoice in the Lord always because today's tribulations are tomorrow's testimonies. There is joy in the midst of every storm no matter what kind of storm it is there's always reason to be joyful because god loves each and every one of us and he's willing to turn our situations around if we let him come into us so again thank you and we'll see you guys next thursday evening with another topic coming straight from the word of god so be blessed Thank you for listening to our weekly Bible study podcast. My name is Melvin Corners, here along with Minister Tony Banks, who brings the word every week. You can catch these Bible studies live on Facebook every Thursday evening at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You should tune in and ask questions or just tell us how you're doing. We'll see you guys next Thursday evening with another topic. Rejoice in the Lord always.